So with terms like content marketing and content is king floating around the web, it's no secret that creating useful content is one of the best ways to grow an audience. So in this episode, we'll talk about a different approach to content creation, specifically one that I will be applying and have been applying to the redesign of the Rightly and Company website. All this and more on The Rightly Show. It's the program that helps you start and grow a brand-centric online business through the fusion of form and function. This is The Rightly Show. Hello and welcome to the program. My name is Thomas McGee and this is The Rightly Show. Okay, so a little while back, I decided to go through the process of starting a redesign of my website over at Rightly and Company. And so one of the reasons I decided to do this is because, well, there was a a kind of a growing trend for me in particular in starting to actually create more regular content. First, it started out with videos. I started doing weekly videos over at Rightly TV, which again, you can find over at rightly.tv. And then of course, this podcast, The Rightly Show. And so what I was finding is that I was getting this growing collection of content and it led me to realize that, you know what? I would like to make my website more of a home for useful content that people could go and explore for free. I wanted to make it kind of almost like something of a Netflix experience where people could go in there, they could browse content, they could view it and search it however they wanted to, they can complete it. And so I thought it would be useful to kind of walk you through some of the thinking behind that new website, particularly if you are someone who currently or is planning on creating regular useful content for your readers. I've talked a lot in the past about how important doing something like this is to delineate and to distinguish between those things that you give away for free and those things that you're going to charge for. And I think one of the best things that you can give away for free is information. There's going to be specific things that you want to charge for, those products and services that have either an overhead or requires uh, of your personal time and effort and energy, whereas something like information can be transmitted for free through a number of different mediums. Again, including some of the ones that I've talked about here or in episodes past, those would include include things like blog posts, they would include things like podcasts, as well as videos. So one of the challenges I think that a lot of people run into is how do I actually present this content to my users, to my readers, to my audience? And I think a lot of people, particularly when they're starting with a blog, get a decent kind of average blog website and then kind of go from there. But the challenge that a lot of us don't really think through in particular is people who are visiting our sites for the first time or even repeat visitors, what is it that we are doing to make the process of them consuming our content easier? So that's what I wanted to tackle with the Rightly and Company website. And of course, some of the things that I wanted to share with you today, not only so you can go and use the Rightly and Company website and find Uh, the articles and resources there, but also so that you could keep these in mind as you are approaching perhaps a redesign of your own site moving forward. So So let's first tackle what are some of the challenges that we have with a content style website, with a site that is meant to be a home for content. The first thing is that it's really easy to lose subscribers when they hit a page, uh, what's known as a bounce. Somebody who just 
hits the site, hits the front page, scrolls a little bit, and then leaves, right? So what are some things that we can keep people engaged? One of the other problems with most content-driven sites is that they are chronological. So when you hit the front page, what you're seeing isn't necessarily what's most relevant to a new person. It's just whatever happens to be the latest. So what are some things that we can do to ensure that the most critical Uh, first pieces of information uh, are going to be there for that person as they visit the site for the very first time. And then the last thing that we want to help overcome or thing that we want to tackle is how do we turn readers into fans and then fans into customers? So this is the question that I know comes up all the time, which is like, I'm doing all this writing. I've got all these people visiting my website, but the challenge is that they're not becoming customers. And so let's talk, we're gonna talk through some ways that we can take them from readers into fans and then fans into customers. But before we do that, I wanted to take a quick moment to tell you about ConvertKit. And I'm really excited about this because if you're a listener to this show of episodes in the past, you know that ConvertKit is a very pivotal uh, foundational tool to my own business. It's something I've been using for, I think about six years now, if I remember correctly. Uh, But it's something that I have made kind of the cornerstone of the way that I run my business. So I talk all the time about how important an email list is to running a business, which it is. But the problem is that I hear so many different people trying either to go the absolute cheapest route or going to the other extreme and trying to find the one that has the most features, ones that can help you build out full websites and help you do webinars and help you do this. And they, uh, and they do everything. Uh, but when it comes to actually managing your email, uh, your email list and your subscribers, it's a nightmare because there's just too much packed in. It doesn't do anything well. And then you have the other side of the equation where people are trying just to use a free account of something else like MailChimp, not to name a specific competitor, but something like MailChimp, and they have a hard time actually getting the features to work on a content-specific site. Well, the great thing about ConvertKit, it has always been the best of both worlds in the sense that it's pretty affordable, and then enables you to tag your subscribers, create squeeze pages or landing pages if you need to. It also has built-in analytics you can do. Uh, really sophisticated tag-based automations, strip sequences, all of those, while at the same time maintaining the ability to just build an email list while at the same time send out weekly or monthly broadcasts. Well, the great news, and what I'm so excited about, is that ConvertKit recently created a totally free account or a free version. It used to be if you wanted a ConvertKit account, you could get a 30-day free trial. Now you can get ConvertKit absolutely free, and I think it's up to your first 200 subscribers. So this is a great way to get started. If you don't have a website at all, I'm going to highly recommend that you do this, which is to go create your free ConvertKit account, set up a landing page, and start building that email list today. So they've said in the past that if you want a giant oak tree in your yard, you know, the best time to have planted it was 15 years ago. The second base best time to have planted it is today. So get started with your free ConvertKit account. And if you'd like to sponsor the show, I do have a link for that. So just go to rightly.show slash ConvertKit. Again, create your free account. Start building your email list today. Head on over to convert, excuse me, ConvertKit.com. Uh, I'm sorry, ConvertKit, uh, Rightly dot show slash convert kit again that's riley dot show slash convert kit have a question for the program call 844 rightly to record your question 
and we would be happy to consider featuring it in a future episode. That's 844-744-4859 or 844-RIGHTLY. Okay, so now let's go ahead and walk through some of the uh, some of the new features that were built into the Rightly and Company website. So if you'd like to check this out, by the way, at any point in time, check the head over there. It's just going to be a great way where you're going to be able to uh, consume all the latest uh, tools, uh, resources, videos, podcast episodes, articles, it's all over there. And you just find those all over at rightly.co. Again, that's rightly.co. But the first thing that we want to do is want to create content in a format that users want to consume. So this is if you're taking notes, this would be kind of the first bullet point to jot down, which is that it's really important to make sure that it is, like I said, in a format that that users want to consume. I think what a lot of people make the mistake of when they're first starting out is they say, you know what, I really like the format of doing a podcast. I'm just going to do a podcast. And I think it's okay, by the way, to start out with only one medium that you're using. I think that's totally fine. But I don't think that you should limit yourself to that. Once you get familiar and comfortable with creating a weekly podcast episode, I think at that point in time, you should start to consider how do I tack onto that a weekly video or how do I tack onto that a weekly article or something like that. And then not doing what I see so many people doing, uh, which is don't do this. It's where they've got like a podcast. And so then they create a YouTube channel and they just take the podcast episode and they put it on YouTube. And for the video, they just slap on the logo of whatever company or brand they're building. Like, don't do that. That's not what YouTube is for. YouTube is a video platform. So it's it's a place where people go to see something. If I wanted to listen to your podcast, I wouldn't go to YouTube to do it. It's just, it's not using the medium for what it is intended to be. And so the problem with doing that is later on, if you decide to actually start a legitimate YouTube channel where you're gonna create content for YouTube, you're gonna already have polluted that channel with a ton of what most could consider low quality content in that it's only audio on a video platform. In the same way, uh, the reverse is also true. So if you've got a YouTube channel, don't think that you can just take that and cut the audio out of it and make it uh, you know, make it a podcast. If there's visual elements that are required for that audio to make sense, simply uh, converting it to from video to audio could have the same problem. I think you have a little bit of a better chance of that working, um, particularly if you're just creating a video where it's just, you know, you looking at the camera and talking, perhaps changing angles on occasion. That would make sense. You could probably turn that into a podcast. But first and foremost, you want to make sure that whatever it is that you're doing, uh, you're doing it in such a way as to be specific to that particular uh, medium. Okay, so specifically what I decided to do for Rightly and Company is to have uh, more rare, but on occasion I will have articles on there and then as well as audio and video. So the more that you can spread out the channels through which you are creating content, the better chance you're going to have of reaching people because there's just some people who don't listen to podcasts. Well, at the same time, there's some people who all they do is listen to podcasts and they wouldn't touch a YouTube video or an article no matter how useful it was to them. So again, it's really important to 
uh, to pick those channels accordingly, but also just to remember that different people have different preferences, right? And maybe there are some people who find value in all that you do, and they'll listen to the, you know, the podcast while at the same time they'll watch the TV. So it's just very important. The other side to that equation is that there's just some types of content that are better for specific mediums. For example, video. Uh, so we'll use Rightly and Company as an example. Anything that's very visual in its uh, in its core, like something that's a tutorial, a how-to, software review, um, you know, how to web, uh, how to stream, or how to create a webinar, or how to use specific types of software, or how to, uh, you know, set up a DSLR as a webcam. Things that require a visual component in order to be useful lend themselves more towards a video, at which point for me, those are the type of things I post on YouTube. Things that are more conceptual, things that need to be described or kind of fleshed out in a longer form format uh, make more sense for audio. So those are the types of things that I'm bringing on the Rightly Show, the podcast in particular. So those are things to keep in mind. And uh the nice thing about articles, which I don't do nearly as many articles these days, but they can kind of bridge the gap between those two. You can have audio. Audio tends to be, since it's more long form, kind of almost uh, a replication of uh, an article just kind of in a audible format. So things to keep in mind there. Then the other thing to consider is how am I going to organize this content? Because I've talked a lot so far about medium, right? Video, audio, article, the kind of three main mediums. But those are that's only three ways to kind of taxonomize the different actual content that you're creating. So there's some other ways to keep in mind as well. So this is what I did over at Rightly and Company. I made it so that you could specifically listen, you could watch, or you could read. So you could, you know, get those different formats and then kind of dive into the content that way. You could also go to the latest. So there's a tab at the top that says the latest. So it doesn't matter if you're a regular listener or subscriber, then sometimes all you want to see is the very latest. You click on latest. It doesn't matter what format it's in. You can just go and view it. Then the third kind of way to organize these things is, like I said, by taxonomy or by category or topic, right? So for example, I've got a new search feature where of course you can type in some keywords to search throughout the whole site and it brings up all the videos, articles, and podcast episodes and even downloads. But beyond that, there's also what I've created is in the search box, there's some tabs that people can go and they can click on, which take uh, take people to my most popular topics. So rather than typing in a search query, you could, for example, click on the full focus planner and it would show all the articles, the podcasts, and the videos that I've created on that topic. So those are some things that you want to keep in mind. Those are things that are going to make it easier for people to use the site and quite frankly, more fun to use the site, um, particularly if you house a wide variety of content. The, The quicker that you can help people solve their problems, the more likely they're going to come back in order to continue to use that as a regular resource. Okay, so the kind of the next point I wanted to go on in uh, in terms of what was important in redesigning the site and something that you can take away from this is the fact that it was built on WordPress. And so again, if you're a regular listener, if you've watched The Rightly Show, you know that I am a WordPress developer and I recommend pretty much nothing but WordPress 
for the sake of a website. And there's a lot of different reasons for this. It's just a very well-supported, I think over 40% of websites are now run on some form of WordPress. So that means that you're always going to have, you're always going to have, um, you know, uh, support on some level. There's going to be articles out there. There's going to be developers out there that are going to enable you to keep that site running. Plus it's open source. It's all in PHP uh, and it's continually improving all the time. So there are some decisions that the main, the people who maintain WordPress have made, particularly their block-based editor that I don't necessarily agree with. But the great thing about it as a platform is that you don't have to agree with it because it's open source. You can kind of build for the platform however you want. Okay, so the way I've kind of organized this and set this up is that I've created a section for articles, right? And so this is a little bit of overlapping, but I'm going to get into kind of the methodology from the back end of how I'm actually managing these. So you can kind of think this through as well as you're getting ready to hit publish on your WordPress site for the type of content that you're creating. So for example, my articles are just regular blog posts and they just use the regular built-in posts functionality that you would find within WordPress. The podcast, The Rightly Show, is an uh, it's an embedded audio and now and with this is the very first episode but I'm actually going to start embedding video versions of the podcast as well so I've got the cameras rolling as I'm going through and I'm doing this podcast so if you're more of a visual person eventually I'll be doing like overlays and there'll be more visual elements to the show uh, to the podcast uh, show, uh, the video will be available to you as well. As long as you're a member, which is totally free, membership is free, but if you go and you sign in, you can actually go and see me as I'm recording this episode. Uh, so that's one aspect to it. But then, of course, what you would expect is a spot where I'm actually going to embed using a plugin called Blueberry. I'm going to actually embed in there the uh, actual episode itself, which is actually hosted on a Backblaze account where I, is where I store and save all my larger hosted files. But again, that's going to be uh, right there within the podcast. So again, it's really important to kind of have those components in there. The way I kind of designed this, and I know I'm getting into some of the visual elements, but I wanted to make each specific post type or whatever you want to call it, medium, uh, geared towards that post type. So like if you just want to click play and listen, you can do that. If you want to watch a video version and maybe even have that on in the background, even on a TV or something like that, you can do that. The same thing goes for the video, which is the Rightly TV episode. So you can always go and watch any of my Rightly TV episodes on YouTube. But what I did on the news site is every single video that I've created on YouTube is also embedded as a post type in my WordPress website at rightly.co. And the reason I did that is because I didn't want to make you have to click over to YouTube just to watch a video. Instead, you can watch a video, uh, you can click uh, one of the recommended resources somewhere around there on the page, then you can go and watch another video, then listen to a podcast episode. You're not interrupted by having to leave the site. You can just click play on that embedded YouTube video, move on to the next thing. So it's all making the site a library and super useful for the person who is using it. So you might be wondering, okay, so then why wouldn't you just link over to YouTube? Which is what I would say almost everyone does. Like I've never seen anyone who has a YouTube channel also posting their videos on their website. And here's why I decided to do this. In my personal humble opinion, I think that for a YouTube channel, 
it lacks some organization. I think that as your videos get older, there's a chance that YouTube may show them in their algorithms. In fact, my most popular YouTube video is a year old now. But for somebody who visits your channel, there's not really a an easy way for someone to say, okay, I'm at Rightly TV on, on YouTube. How do I find all your posts on the Full Focus Planner? You can't. I mean, you can create a playlist, which is okay, and then you can put those playlists on the front page. But even then, it's, it's just not intuitive, right? So by adding all of my YouTube videos embedded as posts on my WordPress site, if somebody goes to the search bar and types Full Focus Planner, they're going to find all those videos, and they're going to find all the podcast episodes, and they're going to find all of the uh, articles as well that I've written on them. So uh, recency, one of the things I like to say is that recency isn't as important as relevancy, right? Now, recency can have a level of importance. Sometimes people who are your more dedicated subscribers will want to see the latest that you've created, and that makes sense. But for most people, they want to learn more on a specific topic, and the easier we can make that for them, the better. Okay, so the next thing that I wanted to touch on was the kind of converting it from a little bit more of a blog site to what I like to call a free membership site. So anybody can go to my website now and view any, almost any video. However, uh, I also made it so that you can create a free account. So you might be wondering, okay, why would I go and create an account on your website just to view the content? So one, you don't have to create an account. However, if you do, what I wanted to do was add in some personalized uh, customization features for the person who has an account. So again, don't have to create an account to view the content, but if you do, there's some added features. Number one, uh, I made it so that people can bookmark content. So let's see, there's a video or a podcast episode. It's a little bit longer. I don't have time to watch that right now. You can bookmark it, and then you've got a list of curated bookmarks that you can always go through, and you can unbookmark things at any time. You can also upvote content. So if there's a podcast episode that you liked in particular, you could click that little thumbs up button on the website, and I'm going to be paying attention to what people are upvoting so I know what I can make for you in the future. So you can bookmark and upvote content. Then in the future, something I'm going to work in is personalized action checklists. So if there's a, a collection of steps that need to be taken on a video or a podcast episode to help you achieve a specific goal, I'm going to create in specific action checklists. Those are not incorporated yet. That's just something that I want to do in the future. But what is included right now is added a big button to every single piece of content, mainly video or audio at this point. Um, that allows you to check or mark a particular piece of content as complete. So if you want to use my website as a to-do list or as a uh, kind of a achievement platform, like you're trying to build a brand on the web and you're focusing in on the WordPress portion of it and you watch a, a video on WordPress, you just click that button that says complete and you know you've already watched it you've enacted kind of the advice or the strategy or the feedback, and then you're ready to move on to the next thing. So progress tracking is built in. The other thing that I did, and this ties into the whole creation of the account and all the features packed in with the account, is that there is no lead magnet, right? There's no free ebook. There's no free video because everybody can see the videos. 
No, instead, the quote unquote lead magnet is the creating of the account. And the creating of an account isn't a bait and switch. It's literally just to make the experience of using the website better for the person who signs up. The other thing that I've worked in is a, a the API for ConvertKit. As I mentioned earlier, you want to go to rightly.show slash ConvertKit, create your free account. But I used their API to sync with those account creations. So if somebody goes to my website, creates an account, it adds them to my email list and tags them as somebody who signed up for an account. And then of course, at any point in time, people are able to unsubscribe from that list with one click. And then they are also able to delete their account, which deletes all of their information from the website. So I always make it That's one of the things that I see so many people having a tough time with is they tend to look at the general, like the collecting of people's email addresses as more of a selfish thing. I need an email list. So that's why you see vague uh, sidebar widgets that say things like join my newsletter. Well, how does that help? How does me receiving a newsletter from you make my life better, right? That's the way most people are going to look at that. Well, you don't have to sign up for an account at my website if you don't want to. You can just view all the content for free anyways. But if you want it to be a little bit more, you know, customized to you uh, and you want to use it as a tool, sure, sign up for a free account. It makes your life better to provide your email address. And then at which point I send you regular content on a weekly basis. That's the latest or most useful things that I found. Again, things that are geared to make your life better. So uh, and then again, all without actually having to pay anything. It it kind of takes the concept, I think, of the lead magnet and just uh, makes it better. So I think that I don't think there's anything wrong with lead, lead magnets. I still do them all the time myself, and I still recommend that people do them. But I think that uh, there's just different ways that we can actually take the practice of growing an email list beyond what marketers, quote unquote, have said for the last decade, which is, PDF squeeze page. Again, start there, but I think that we can be more creative in how we're growing that email list while at the same time making our customers or viewers or visitors lives better. And then the kind of the last thing I wanted to touch on was the overall site style, which was more simplistic and more geared to consuming content. So this kind of recaps or kind of underscores some of the things that I said in, uh, earlier. So here are some tips specifically for your website that I incorporated into mine. So if I were, and I'm clicking over right now to go to my front page on my website, it has a headline. And I always recommend a headline and it says, create a remarkable brand online. Essentially, I'm delivering my brand promise in the form of a headline to the people who are there. Now, that could mean that you never pay me a dime and you just listen to all my podcast episodes and videos and everything else. And I'm totally thrilled with that. That's totally okay and great. That's what it's all for. I want people to go and to consume those things for free and I want them to use them to create a remarkable brand online. Nothing would be would make me happier than to see the businesses that people are building as a result of anything I've created, right? So there's that aspect of it and then there are my customers, which again the brand promise that headline still relates to, which is that I would work with them one-on-one to custom craft for them a WordPress website or brand identity kit or video series or whatever it is I would make for them. In either way, the brand promise still remains the same. So it's kind of uh, multi-purposed in that sense. You notice what that headline does not say. 
which is what most other, I guess what you would say, developers or designers would say on their website. They would say, hi, my name's Thomas. I'm a developer. And then it would go into my experience and what I did. Well, most people don't care about that, right? Because, okay, you're a developer. So is you and other other 100,000 people I've seen online, right? So what uh, an effective website will do will first and foremost communicate what the change or transformation is for the person who is reading it. And then from there, it's got a little box where people can sign up for a free account, create their free account and get started. If you're already logged in, it's just got a link to view the latest piece of content. So one of the other things I decided to do as I was going through and I was trying to you know, redesign this site was that one of the things I realized about my former website is that it was just too long winded, right? It was just, there was just too much information packed onto that front page and it was easy to lose what was important. The other thing I didn't like is that there wasn't any real examples of work that I had done. So what I did is I cut out all of that information. I cut out all of the, you know, what kind of makes my work different, that sort of thing. Because most people who come and ask to do a project with me already are familiar with my with the way I do my work. They've either heard the podcast or watched an episode or something like that. So they'll be pretty familiar with all of that. They just want to get started. So instead, I cut all that out and I instead of a section that says made by Rightly and Company, and it just shows examples of some things that I've created recently. So, you know, works I've done for Michael Hyatt and Company or other clients, uh, things that I've built. And then at the bottom, it says apply for a project at Rightly and Co. That's it. And so I've noticed ever since I, I have redesigned this site, I have seen that there's been a dramatic increase in the number of people who have created an account. So email signups have gone up. Uh, client requests have gone up. In fact, more than I can actually handle at the moment. And uh, the actual traffic and use of the site has gone up. So it is amazing, uh, which is kind of taking some time and thinking through what's going to be best for the end user, uh, how big of a difference that can make, particularly on how your site performs, not just for you, but also for the people who are using it. So one of the things I'd like to mention, I think I have touched on this in some of the previous episodes as well, which is that uh, you are always more than welcome to uh, either ask a question or similar to this episode and some of the previous episodes, what I'm going to be doing in the future is I'm going to be picking particular types of businesses going through and then brainstorming some ways that we can make it better. I know this episode is a little different because I kind of just went through my own website redesign, right? But I just wanted to share with you some of the kind of the thinking behind it and some things that you could apply to your website as you are, uh, if you decide to redesign it or moving forward. But like I said, that's what's going to be the core of this site is brainstorming new ways, new innovative ways to make particular types of businesses better and doing that through an effective brand. So if you're currently running a business, if you are uh, wanting to start a business or if you're you're just in a, you know, a unique situation and you want some ideas that you could apply from a brand or a, a marketing perspective, you are always more than welcome to call in uh, and record a question or just tell me your situation and I'd be happy to consider uh, taking that and dedicating a whole episode to that. So the way that you can do that is you can either call in and record a question there at 844-RIGHTLY or you can go to rightly.show slash question where it's got a spot where you can just click record and you can send me 
your questions. So as always, if you're finding the Rightly Show useful, one of the things that I would really appreciate is if you head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. I really do appreciate that. And I look forward as well to creating some Uh, a wide variety of new useful resources for you, especially here on The Rightly Show. So until next time, go out there and create a brand that is truly remarkable. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the program. If you found it useful, please take a quick moment to leave us a review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or the medium of your choosing. 